Hello, this is David Nakao Wilcoxon. This audio is from a Revelation Timeline Decoded YouTube video series that I made in 2021. The videos were very low tech, mostly me reading what's on the screen, so you're not missing much in the audio version. The Revelation Layers Chart and Summary PDFs that I refer to in the videos can be found at www.revelationtimelinedecoded.com. Enjoy the lesson. Hello, Set Apart Saints, this is David, and in this video, I'm going to talk about the Battle of Armageddon and the Seventh Vile Judgment. But first, I want to make note that this is where we're at on the Revelation Fulfillment Timeline, in the midst of the Sixth Vile Judgment. As you've seen in the Revelation Timeline Decoded video series, most of the prophecies in Revelation have been fulfilled during the last 1900 years. And this validates the authority of the Bible and the deity of Messiah which is why the enemy has worked so hard to hide the fulfillment. And the historical fulfillment disproves the preterist and futurist explanations of prophecy fulfillment, which were created by the enemy in Rome to deflect blame away from the Antichrist beast popes. And you can print the Revelation Timeline Fulfillment Summary that's listed on the Revelation Summaries page on the website. It shows you how the seal trumpet and vile judgments and the other different prophecies about the little book, the two witnesses and all that, are fulfilled during the different phases of the Roman beast kingdom. And on the same page are links to one-page summary PDFs and the Revelation layers chart graphic. So it's late in the story in the fulfillment of Revelation, and we're in the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the earth to try them that dwell upon the earth, which Messiah foretold about the end times church age. The enemy has thrown a myriad of deceptions at us, and only those who hunger for truth find it. In Revelation 1-3, Messiah says, Blessed is he that reads, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. If you viewed the Revelation Timeline Decoded video series and can see how most of Revelation has already been fulfilled during the last 1900 years, no doubt you're saddened that the enemy has deceived the end times church era saints so badly and you're rejoicing for being shown the truth. You understand that we're in the midst of the sixth vial, in which Messiah proclaims these words. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. We live in the generation of saints who may see Messiah's return. Hallelujah. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 2-6, the Apostle Paul points to people who know the truth about prophecy fulfillment and the context of Messiah's return. He says, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as the thief in the night, matching Messiah's words in the sixth vial of Revelation. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. And again, that reminds me of the parable of the foolish virgins. The five foolish virgins didn't have oil for their lamps. What that's saying is they just didn't have light of scriptural truth to be able to see to understand how prophecy is playing out, and to understand the context of Messiah's return. So it's tying in exactly what Paul is saying. You are all children of light and children of the day. He's saying you have the truth. 
he was talking to the Thessalonians, who no doubt he explained a lot of things to them. He's like, you know the truth. You know the circumstances of Messiah's return. Don't be deceived. When you understand the fulfillment of the 70th week of Daniel 9, which is about Messiah's first advent when he carried out his ministry and ratified the covenant with his blood to atone for our sins, you know that it's not about the end times. When you understand the fulfillment of Messiah's Olivet Discourse, which was about the desolation of Jerusalem, the second temple, and the Jewish nation as punishment for them rejecting their promised Messiah and delivering him up to be killed, you know that it's not about the end times. And when you understand the fulfillment of Messiah's vision and revelation and can see how most of it has been fulfilled in exacting detail during the last 1900 years, then you will not be as the foolish virgins who don't have the oil of scriptural truth to light their way. Sadly, the enemy has caused most Christians to not have oil for the lamps so that they will be caught by surprise at how the end times play out and by Messiah's return as they're following the false futuristic script that the enemy created to mislead them. So what will happen next? I believe that we're waiting on World War III, which I explained in the last video, between Muslim countries and Israel, with other countries joining in, which will cause a worldwide calamity and an economic collapse. This will cause the world to cry out for peace and safety, to prevent another religious war. Of course, that is the enemy's desired outcome, who will offer it in their one world government. I believe that there will be a worldwide economic collapse, perhaps caused by World War III or the CV-19 agenda. World War III may be waged primarily against the outer portions of Israel, in Tel Aviv and other places, and perhaps in the Palestinian regions, as the Zionists seek to eliminate them. But I believe that the evil ones will protect Jerusalem, as that's the capital from which they seek to rule. The three major religions are focused on Jerusalem, and it's where Messiah carried out his ministry and died for our sins, and where he said that he would return. So this is why the enemy desires to rule from Jerusalem. This will lead us into the one world government described in the seventh bowl, as there will be a great political upheaval, as the nations and great cities will submit their authority to the one world government. So what's the proper context of the Battle of Armageddon? Futurists, who take Revelation very literally, proclaim that it's pointing to the plain of Megiddo in northern Israel, where many battles have been fought. And that may be the symbolism that Messiah is using as it points to the plain outside of Holy Jerusalem. But the overarching narrative of the prophecies in Revelation has been the historical battle between the Satan-empowered leaders of the Roman beast kingdom, called the Great City, fighting against Messiah and his saints, called Holy Jerusalem. Revelation 12 points to Satan using the pagan Roman emperors being used to try to wipe out Messiah's ecclesia of saints during ten persecution periods when millions of saints were killed. In Messiah's letter to the church era of Smyrna, he warned about ten days of tribulation, which took place during the tenth Roman Empire persecution period from 303 to 312 AD as Diocletian sought to wipe out all of the saints. The blood of the martyrs who were killed by the pagan Roman Empire symbolically cried out for vengeance in the fifth seal judgment. Revelation 13, 1-10 points to the Antichrist beast popes reigning in power for 1260 years, from 538 to 1798 AD. Revelation 13, 7 says, And it was given unto him, the popes, to make war with the saints and to overcome them, which took place during the Dark Ages and the Inquisition, when tens of millions of saints were killed. Revelation 13, 11-18 points to the last phase of the Roman beast kingdom, when the false prophet Jesuit Superior General controls the Vatican and he uses the Antichrist Beast Pope 
as the spokesman to gather the world under their authority. The Jesuit superior general can't openly make war with the saints, so he uses the countries that they control and many front organizations to carry out their agenda of killing the saints. Many Christians were killed in the Civil War, and in World War I, and in World War II. The bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki in response to the contrived attack on Pearl Harbor targeted cities in Japan that reportedly had the highest Christian populations. They use Al-Qaeda and ISIS to kill Christians. Palestinian Christians are killed by attacks from Israel. Boko Haram is killing Christians in Nigeria. The Taliban is killing Christians in Afghanistan. The evil ones in Rome control China, North Korea, and almost every country which they use to kill Christians. So the news makes all these organizations out to be separate entities. Al-Qaeda, ISIS, Boko Haram. China, North Korea, all this stuff. But you have to realize that at this point in the narrative, the general in Rome controls all these entities. So he's using them as front organizations to make war with Christians. But who gets blamed? Not him, not Rome, but all the separate entities, which are front organizations. So Rome is still making war with Messiah's saints by using other people groups, which get blamed in order to deflect blame away from the general in Rome. He is a military general, the leader of an army of people who are being used to make war with the saints. Napoleon Bonaparte told us exactly who the Jesuits are. He says the Jesuits are a military organization, not a religious order. Their chief is the general of an army, not the mere father abbot of a monastery. And the aim of this organization is power, power in its most despotic exercise, absolute power, universal power, power to control the world by the volition of a single man, the office of the general in Rome. Jesuitism is the most absolute of despotisms, and at the same time, the greatest and most enormous of abuses. Their society is by nature dictatorial, and therefore it is the irreconcilable enemy of all constituted authority. Every act, every crime, however atrocious, is a meritorious work if committed for the interests of the society of Jesus, or by the order of the general. Revelation 13:15 says, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak, and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. The role of the false prophet, Jesuit superior general, is to cause the world to revere the Antichrist beast pope, and those who will not do so are killed. The saints who know who the Antichrist beast pope is are not going to revere Mark on the forehead or obey Mark on the right hand their actions, the Antichrist beast pope. So we see that the false prophet, Jesuit superior general, will make war with them. Satan wants to control the whole world, but more than that, he wants to defeat Messiah and his saints. It will come down to a great battle in the end times when Satan will work through his Roman beast kingdom to seek to eliminate Messiah's saints. Look at the narrative of Revelation 19, 19-20, which is pointing to the false prophet, Jesuit superior general, and the Antichrist beast pope seeking to make war with Messiah and his saints. It says, And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Look at the narrative of Revelation 20, 7-9, which is pointing to Gog and Magog, seeking to attack Messiah's saints who are called Holy Jerusalem. 
let me interject that futurists who take Revelation literally are saying that this is pointing to the literal city of Jerusalem in which other countries, Gog and Magog, so they're pointing to Russia and other countries, are going to attack Jerusalem. But that's not what Messiah is saying. So let me read the passage. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. To me, that's what the Battle of Armageddon is symbolizing. I don't think that it's a physical battle in the Middle East, but the spiritual battle that is taking place. The enemy controls the leaders of almost every country, and they will exert their power to make war with the saints. Satan's goal is to push the world into the one world government where he is exalted, just like he tried to do in Babylon. And he will use the kings of the earth to make one last attempt to wipe out Messiah's saints. The battle of that great day of God Almighty will happen when the false prophet, Jesuit, superior general, and the Antichrist beast pope have pushed the world into their one world government, which will push aside all religions and make Messiah and his assembly of saints the enemy of the world. That brings us to the seventh vile judgment. Some people say that the scriptures don't point to the one world government, but I think that the seventh vial of Revelation describes exactly that. Revelation 16:17 says, And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven, from the throne, saying, It is done. The vial judgments are against the Antichrist's peace pope and Catholics who revere him. So the seventh bowl will bring about more judgment on them. Interestingly, it points to the vial being poured out on the air, and Satan is the prince of the power of the air. So the judgment ultimately is on him. Ephesians 2 2 says, Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. It's Satan who empowers the false prophet, Jesuit superior general, and the Antichrist beast pope, the two leaders of the end times earth beast phase of the Roman beast kingdom. It's Satan who uses them to push the world into the one world government, in which he desires praise and to steal glory from the Heavenly Father. Revelation 16:18 says, And there were voices, and thunders, and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake, and so great. As we saw in the sixth seal, when the Roman Empire was falling, an earthquake in Bible prophecy represents political upheaval. The seventh vial points to the greatest political upheaval in the history of man, as all countries become subservient to the one world government. After World War III and a worldwide economic collapse, every country will beg for a one-world government to provide a solution. This is the only way that the United States will agree to become subservient to a global government. The enemy has been planning this for many years. They've taken control of every country's money supply, stolen their wealth, and put them into massive debt, which will cause their economy to collapse. This will fulfill the dream and plans of Society of Jesus founder Ignatius Loyola to control the world. Revelation 16:19 says, And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and the great Babylon came in remembrance before God, to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. The great city represents the Roman beast kingdom. It's pointing to the false prophet, Jesuit superior general, the end times Roman beast kingdom leader, controlling the world through three city-state corporations, which form one interlocking empire called 
the empire of the city. These countries have their own government and laws and are accountable to nobody. The city-state corporation of Vatican City is an independent country located within the city of Rome. With an area of 110 acres and a population of about a thousand, it's the smallest country in the world by both area and population. The popes have historically helped control the religious and political leaders of the world. U.S. presidents and the leaders of most countries have flown to Vatican City to meet with the Pope. Many religious leaders, including Protestant Christian leaders, have traveled to Vatican City to meet with the Pope. The city-state corporation of the City of London is not a London borough, a status reserved for the 32 other districts. It's a separate country, which is surrounded by Greater London. It's a small country in the United Kingdom. Lord Rothschild and others control the world's financial and trade organizations from this city to determine who can buy and sell. They trade everything there, including men's souls, as people are deemed a corporate entity. Every major bank in the world has a branch in the city of London. It's the world's financial power center and the wealthiest square mile on the face of the earth. It houses the Rothschild-controlled Bank of England, Lloyd's of London, the London Stock Exchange, all British banks, the branch offices of 385 foreign banks, and 70 U.S. banks. It is also headquarters for worldwide English Freemasonry and headquarters for the worldwide money cartel known as the Crown. The city-state corporation of the District of Columbia is 10 square miles. It is yet another small country within a country. It's not part of the United States, but it's used to control the United States. Washington, D.C. controls the world's intelligence agencies and military powers. The District of Columbia Constitution operates under a tyrannical Roman law known as Lex Fori, which bears no resemblance to the U.S. Constitution. The FBI and CIA operate under the guise of protecting Americans, but their primary role is to identify and eliminate threats to the Jesuit Superior General and his leaders. D.C. has military bases worldwide, not to protect Americans' freedom, but to control the world and overthrow people who don't bow down to the Jesuit Superior General's authority. The District of Columbia flag has three red stars representing the three city-state corporations of the Roman Beast Empire. The world's greatest cities will lose their independent powers and be subservient to the one world government and controlled by these three city-state corporations. Revelation 16.20 says, And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. Jeremiah 51.25 points to the kingdom of Babylon using the symbolism of being a destroying mountain. Behold, I am against you, O destroying mountain, says the Lord, who destroys all the earth, and I will stretch out my hand upon you and roll you down from the rocks and will make you a burnt mountain. Zechariah 4.7 points to a mountain of people who opposed the building of the temple after the Jews were released from Babylon. And as we saw in the sixth seal judgment of the pagan Roman Empire, it's not pointing to literal islands and mountains, but it's symbolic of small and large people groups who were affected by the political upheaval. Revelation 6.14 says, And the heaven departed as a scroll when it was rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of place. So the seventh bowl points to small and large countries losing their independence and becoming subservient to the one world government. This has been the plan of the superior general via the League of Nations, via the United Nations, for a long time. Revelation 16.21 says, And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent, and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceedingly great. It could be pointing to World War III with many missiles, as the previous verse describes the one world government, which seems to happen after World War III. But it seems to be describing something that takes place after the one world government is formed. It may be pointing to the harlot Roman Catholic Church's destruction, 
as the false prophet Jesuit superior general and Antichrist beast pope may be in power in Jerusalem. They pretend to be Messiah's priests, like a lamb, but they serve Satan, the dragon. They have no allegiance to Catholics. They serve Satan, and the Society of Jesus is a spiteful bunch who may seek final revenge against the Catholic churches that kick them out. But in the big picture, they will just be pawn in Yah the Heavenly Father's hands as he uses them to carry out his righteous judgment of the apostate harlot church. Daniel, Paul, and John all point to the harlot Roman Catholic Church of the Antichrist Beast Pope. I don't declare these things out of spite or hate. It's the very opposite. It's out of love for Catholics as I want them to know the truth. We need to pray for Catholics and proclaim the pure gospel to them so they have a covenant relationship with the Heavenly Father through the Son. We know that Messiah has saints in the Roman Catholic Church because in Revelation 18.4, he tells them to come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins and that ye receive not of her plague. In Revelation 18.23, Messiah says that after the harlot's judgment, the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee, meaning that Catholics won't have the witness of the saints in her anymore. I pray that this video causes a great awakening so that many Catholics are redeemed for the kingdom. So I believe that the Father will allow the one world government of the Antichrist Beast Pope and the false prophet Jesuit Superior General to be formed, as it provides the environment in which the saints can declare their allegiance to their king. It also allows truth to be declared and the pretenders to be exposed. It reveals who understands the prophecies in Revelation and knows who the Antichrist beast is and who is ignorant of these truths that have been proclaimed by the saints for over 1,000 years. In the next video, I'll talk about the mark of the beast. Thank you for listening to this Revelation Timeline Decoded audio. You can request a free copy of the Revelation Timeline Decoded summary PDF or order a printed copy of the book, which explains it in detail, at revelationtimelinedecoded.com. I love y'all. Shalom.